Thank mm-hmm. you.
amazing time in the Lord. Amen. Have you been blessed? I mean, have you really been blessed? Amen. We want to welcome you who are viewing with us online as well. We thank God for you. We've been hearing some good reports. Amen. Some great reports. Amen. Of our time here today. And we just want to say thank you. And we welcome you here um, in our in our space as well. Um, We want to just go ahead and take care of a little um, business. Amen. Um, But first, can we bow our heads with a word of prayer? Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Again, you are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And we want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us and caring for us and bringing us out to this revival. We thank you for those that are viewing online as well. We give praise and honor to you for them. Um, We know that they could click the link and go somewhere else, but we thank God for their faithfulness and commitment um, to to, um, this here um, church here. We thank you so much. Again, God, we bless you. We honor you, and we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's um, go ahead and check our audience here and see who's here with us. Amen. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking. Do we have anyone with us for the first time? You know, we do this all the time. Amen. Amen. Every night we ask that question, do we have anyone visiting with us for the first time? How about the second time? Amen. No, that's not his first time. He was here before. When you hear Sabbath. This your first time here? He's shaking his for the revival. Okay, okay. Well, okay then. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Did you get a gift? You got some food in your belly. (laughs) Well, we have a gift for you as well. Amen. Um, And we will continue to pray for you, my brother. Um, Again, do we have anyone else? We have anyone else visiting with us. How about the second, third time, third time, fourth time, fifth time? Everybody raising their hand up. We have some faithful folk been here. How many many have been here every night or every night? Every night and every afternoon. How about that? You know, we started on Sabbath, amen, on the, on the 29th. And um, we've been rolling ever since. But we praise God for you, for your faithfulness as well. Um, you know, everybody get a pen. Everybody get a pen. We have some pens for you. <laughs> amen. <laughs> everybody get a pen. Amen. amen. <laughs> have enough of those for the world. Amen. Um, but we thank God for you. Amen. We praise God for you. Are you ready for your quiz? We want to jump right into this quiz thing. I'm so excited about it. You know, I sit down and try to pull out some stuff to make that, that challenge you and at the same time challenge me as well. Um, so are you ready for your quiz? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Let's go ahead and jump into our quiz time today. Um, the coming thousand years, the golden age, I believe that's the right, I believe that's the right one. Did we go over that yesterday? Is that what we did on Tuesday night? Amen. Does this here question look familiar? During the millennium, the righteous are in heaven and the earth is what? Now write that down. I know, I know we want to speak into the atmosphere. Amen. But we're going to ask you not to speak into the atmosphere on this one. Amen. But to put it on your paper, amen. So something's going to happen to the earth, amen. Let's keep it. So someone said for the vi- She called her out. Amen. Well, we're going to. Did we get her a gift? She just walked in. 
Amen. Well, we have something for you, my sister. We praise God for you. I know they done called you out. Mercy. We done called you out. Amen. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Amen. Could you turn it down just a little bit on the monitors, please? Thank you so much. At the end of the thousand years, the drama of the age is coming to a close. It's the end of the controversy between blank and blank. Now, we should know this right from cradle roll. Now, that's not true or false. That's a fill in the blank. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Amen. That's a good one. No, that's a good one right there. True or false. Fill in the blank. Come on. All right, here's a go. Here we go. Here we go. The holy city descends. We talked about this. The wicked are resurrected. What will Satan say? He's going to say something. What do you think he's going to say? Anybody know that? You know what they you know what he's going to say, sister? He said, what do you? Yeah. Just whisper it to me. Whisper it to me. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. When does the thousand-year period begin? Now, just to help you out, this is a familiar question. Amen. This was on, uh, you know how in, in, you have the, well, yeah, we've seen this before. <laughs> All right, number five, number five. True or false? Here's our true and false. And you know we've got to have at least one of those. True or false? The Bible says in Revelation 20, verse 9, it says that, and this is part, a partial text, it says that, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. God sent fire down and devoured them. This sounds like God is kind of cruel there, huh? All right, number six. You want a bonus? I have, oh, oh, that was, I gave you the answer on that one. But what is the difference between being saved and lost? I should have clicked it quick and see who eyeballs was able to. They, huh? Go back. Oh, man. Let me see if I got to go back. Oh, it won't go back. It won't go back. <laughs> The answer was up there. I had the answer. Who saw the answer? Did you? Huh? You said number, what was number five? Okay, let's, when was, you, you want to, okay. Yes. They want to go backwards. I'm in the pulpit, so I got to be careful what I say. I can't, I can't use words like my, my transmission don't work, you know. Anybody had a car that the transmission went out and you can go forward but not backwards? <laughs> you could go backwards but not forward. My Lord. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. <laughs> During the millennium, the righteousness are in heaven and the earth is? Anybody got that right? All right. Boy, I tell you. Let's go to number two. This is um, at the end of the thousand years. The drama of the age is coming to a close. It's the end of the earth or the, or the end of controversy between good and evil. Who got that right? You said God and Satan. Okay, you got the God and Satan. You said it's the same thing. Same thing. Okay, so don't be don't be like those instructors that no, that's you need God and not good and evil. But now you're good. 
Yes. If you say God and Satan, huh? <laughs> you got the G right. You got the G right. How about that? I'm loving this. Holy city descends. The wicked are resurrected. What will Satan say? We can take the city. Did y'all know that before this? Anybody knew that? Was this something brand new? You don't hear about this. You don't hear about this. He said he will take it. And who's going to try to take it with him? Just Satan by himself? Who else is going to? All the wicked. Just the wicked dead. And the angels. That's right. That's right. We can't make this stuff up right here. They're demons. So they're not angels anymore. They're demons. They say fallen angels. Number four. So when does the thousand-year period begin? The second coming. Do you remember that question the other day? Yeah, I tried to throw a curveball, but it was <laughs> number five, true or false. Here it is. The Bible says in Revelation 29 says, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That is so true. The Satan's going to come. He's going to try to. He said, we can take this city. And fire is going to come down and going to destroy them. Amen. What is it? <laughs> and you're correct. You're so correct. Anybody got 100? 100. I got some hands going up. Anybody missed one? Okay, no hands. Anybody missed one hand? Anybody missed two? Three? You didn't get a chance? He said you missed all of them. We got to go another two weeks. <laughs> we got to go another two weeks. Listen, listen, forward, put your names on your cards, fold them, uh, pass them in to Sister Brenda. We're going to put them in a big box. I have those cards in the back. We're going to put them in a big box, and we're going to do a, a drawing um, at the end. Um, we have a special gift that we want to give you. Um, so there's many times you show up and put your name in there, the many chances you have of getting your name pulled out of that box. At this time, we want to go ahead and turn this time over to Sister Teresa um, as we have our health nugget. Good evening, family. you for um, asking me, Sister Jan, to be a part of this. You all know that I am a person that really enjoys natural remedies. That's, that's where, where it's at for me. And I realize that there are times that, you know, medication is necessary, but God has given us the trees, the leaves of the trees, and he said that they are for the healing of the nations. So for every ailment, every disease, there's a natural remedy. So tonight, we're going to talk about one of those natural remedies. And I want to ask you guys a question. Does anybody in here know what herb is considered the spice of life? What did you say? Turmeric. Turmeric is correct. 
Turmeric's correct. Turmeric is the most powerful herb on the planet. It's part of the ginger family. I heard somebody say ginger. And it is a flowering plant that's grown in India, Indonesia, and also in China. And if you've had any Chinese food or Indonesian food, you will know Indian food, they use a lot of turmeric in their food. It contains various compounds that have medicinal properties. And one such compound is hidden deep in the plant's bright yellow roots. And these extraordinary, extraordinarily powerful compounds are called curcuminoids, okay? Curcuminoids. Curcuminoids. Curcuminoids, okay. And these have the unique ability to block enzymes that cause inflammation. And they also combat free radicals that damage the entire body, including the vital organs, like the heart and the brain. So clinical studies on this herb show that one gram, which is the same as 100 milligrams a day, is beneficial for the system to cause changes and to help to the body to heal. Unless you use turmeric actually every day and almost every meal, then you will not be receiving enough of it to have a health benefit. So you will want to do your research and you'll want to find a supplement that has at least that research dosage of one gram or 1,000 milligrams. Now, what is it good for? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I got that from Pastor. I will share only three benefits of consuming turmeric daily. First, it combats harmful inflammation. Turmeric has been researched and is arguably the strongest natural anti-inflammatory on earth. Research has revealed that this compound can offer protection at the molecular level, and perhaps it rivals the effectiveness of other commonly used anti-inflammatories, but without the side effects. So if you have any inflammation in your bodies, you're dealing with any type of inflammation anywhere, head to toe, try some turmeric. Number two, it strengthens the cardiovascular health. Okay, many of you know that I, a few years ago, went through a, a huge cardiovascular testing and all that type of thing. And they put a heart monitor on and found that I had an arrhythmia called supraventricular tachycardia, which means that when your heart beats in a normal rhythm, there's a normal pathway that your heart has that it beats. But my heart has formed an alternate pathway. So instead of beating all the time on that normal rhythm, sometimes it'll go ba 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 ba. It will beat on an off rhythm because it's on an alternate pathway. So they had to implant a uh, heart monitor, which is a, it records my heart all the time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And whenever I feel anything, I press a button. I've got a phone that's connected to, um, to the monitor that transfers all the information. So I don't even, like if I'm sleeping and something happens, 
then it automatically goes and they're able to see what my heart is doing. So it's very important to me, cardiovascular health. So turmeric, how does it work for cardiovascular health? Extensive research has shown that elevated levels of an inflammation, inflammation marker cell called C-reactive protein, or CRP, is a strong indicator of long-term cardiovascular risk. Now, breakthrough research has shown that turmeric decreases the amount of CRP in the body by an amazing 32%. Okay. 32%, so almost a third, it's reducing that CRP in our blood. Just one little supplement that God has made. Now, how many of us suffer from high cholesterol? Anybody suffer from high cholesterol? That is a major cardiovascular risk factor. So turmeric has been shown in another study to reduce the triglycerides by 47%. So just adding some turmeric, a, a supplement on a daily basis, will truly give you cardiovascular health. And the third and final, it protects against cognitive decline. We all are concerned with possibly getting to an age where we may have Alzheimer's, dementia. You know, we probably all know and love someone who has struggled with it or is struggling with it. So recent studies have found that daily turmeric intake produces short-term memory improvements in adults over 60 years of age. It works like a six-hour memory boost. Now, I know we've all been in the situation where we have walked into a room. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you've walked into a room, you've stopped, you've looked around, you went back in your brain and you're like, why did I come in here? Right? We have all dealt with that. Turmeric is going to be a, an effective uh, supplement to help us to increase our cognitive skills. So I don't want y'all running home, gobbling up the turmeric that's in your cabinet, okay? Because turmeric is not the same as the spice in your cabinet. Okay, it, it needs to be uh, tied with another supplement called piperine. So this is very important that you consume turmeric along with piperine, okay? And if you don't, it's not, it cannot be absorbed in the blood, in the system. So since it is a fat-soluble supplement, it should be taken with a meal, and it should include in your meal healthy fats, like some healthy fats. Almonds, avocados. There's a lot of things that you can look up and find out what healthy fats are. So in closing, I would recommend that you research turmeric supplements and that you find some that are at least 95% effective um, for the turmeric content in them, in them and that you make sure that you're getting uh, your money's worth. You're getting something that's gonna actually be beneficial for you. So that's my health nugget, and I just hope that all of you think about the effects 
that all of these things, cardiovascular disease and Alzheimer's and dementia and inflammation in our bodies, all these things cause us pain and issues. So let's learn and let's take responsibility for our health and let's try to see if we can get some things that will truly change the, the way that things are. Thank you. Turmeric. Um, I love turmeric. Amen. Um, especially in my tea. It's about the only time I use it, really, but I can thank you so much. I know I can do more with that. Amen. Um, at this time, we do want to have a special word of prayer. Um, as we enter into our prayer time, um, we know that there is so much going on. Um, we want to remember the Bateman family in prayer who is uh, mourning the loss of a nephew. We also want to remember uh, my family in prayer. Uh, just keep us lifted up. Um, remember the Harris's in prayer. Keep them lifted up as well. Um, I know there are others that we need to um, call out. Um, and so as I pray, and you know who you, the Lord has laid on your heart, um, we ask that you will pray for them as well. Um, let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful and privileged and honored to be able to come before you. We thank you, Father, for life, health, and strength and all that you do to keep us in the midst of this crazy and mixed up world. You are so amazing to us, Father. Words cannot even begin to describe um, just how awesome you are. And so we just want to say thank you and ask, oh God, that you will forgive us of our sins, ask that you will help us to reflect you. And everything we say and do on our jobs, in our homes, in the schools, wherever we find ourselves, oh God, that we would be a representation of you. Um, there's so much going on in our land, oh God, so much is happening in our world. And it's just a blessing to know that there is a Savior, a God that we can call on. One that sees the end from the beginning, that know exactly what we're going through before we even go through it. And so we give you praise, honor, and glory uh, for being a great God unto us. At the same time, God, we just want to lift up before you in a very special way the Bateman family, Father, as they are mourning the loss um, of a loved one. And um, even Dewan, as he continued to mourn the loss of his mom, we just pray for all those who are bereaved, all those who have lost loved ones. We ask that you would just wrap your loving arms around them, ask that you would just show yourself strong in the midst of this difficult time. Um, Father God, you see it all. You know it all. We also want to ask that you will cover all of those that are battling with um, health challenges, oh God. We ask that you will cover them and keep them as well, oh God. Some of us have pressed our way out here tonight. Some of us, our bodies just didn't feel like it, Father, but you gave us strength. The Spirit of God moved, and we're here. And we know that it wasn't anything that we've done, but it was because of you. And so we bless you, and we honor you tonight, God, for just loving on us and just healing us and cleansing, cleaning us and just holding us up before your throne. Um, and again, now, oh God, as we go into this time together, we just want to ask you to be with those that are viewing online as well. We want to pray for our online audience. Thank you so much for just creating this platform in the midst of COVID, oh God, that we're still able to continue this service 
um, even in the midst of these challenging times. And so, Father, even as we present this message tonight, we pray that it will not fall on deaf ears. We pray that it will fall on good ground. We pray even now that you will break up the fallow ground, that this word will fall on fresh soil, that it will take root and bear fruit and be able to tell the world about your soon return. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen. Again, at this time, we're going to invite up the Harris family as they bless us in song. Good evening. You know, sometimes things get so rough and you got to do whatever you got to do to find the Lord. Sometimes you got to cry. Sometimes you got to pray. Sometimes you just got to moan. Then, Lord, I cried and I cried. Hallelujah, Lord, I cried all night long.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm a, I wasn't ready for that. But I thank God for that. Amen. And thank God for working on us. Amen. We're going to go ahead and jump into this message tonight. Um, I am so blessed and honored to be able to, um, again, stand before you in this manner. I take nothing for granted. Um, has any, have we been having a good time? Anybody having a good time? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue on in the name of the Lord. Um, and so we want to go ahead and just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father, again, we are so thankful and so privileged and honored to be able to come before you. We thank you for um, just spending time with us. We thank you for the the message. Now as we enter into this time, we ask you to speak to us. Um, I must now decrease that the word of God may increase. Um, Do what you do, God. Let us not leave here the same way we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, The real truth about near-death experience, death's mystery will be revealed here tonight. Anybody ever had a question about what really happens at death? There's so much there's so many thoughts out there. Um, we talked a little bit about it on yesterday. Um, you know, it seemed like I can't help but to enter, you know, allow this topic to come in through the preached word because there's so much out there. There's so many different beliefs out there, so many different views out there. And so we want to just take this opportunity to take a look at it. Amen. Young lady by the name of Grace, I don't know if this is her real name or not, um, was shaking with a fever, and she was in terrible, terrible pain. Her body was trembling, and she was rushed to the hospital um, where she was observed. They took her blood pressure. They began to check her out. Grace described her experience later. Uh, She said that she felt, um, she felt as if she was slipping out of her body. Um, she seemed to be floating up to the ceiling, looking down at the physician and the nurses and describing her experience as she journeyed to the light. Grace said that she began to feel the most incredible, warm, loving feeling. She went on to say that I was in this light and there was a presence in this light. Experiences like this is becoming the norm. Seven million Americans claim that they have a near-death experience. Apparently approaching death, it senses, it seems that, 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 that something is leaving their body, that something is, is, um, is um, coming out of their body. They're experiencing that. There are a lot of TV programs that talks about and, and, that, and, and, and that show this near-death experience, the turning point, and all the touched by an angel. But there are even several books out there on near-death experience, several books has catapulted into even bestsellers. But what's really going on here? What's, 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 what's really happening here? From a, from a Christian standpoint, from a Christian perspective, what exactly is happening in this near-death experience? 
And so as we start, let's notice the basic facts about the near-death experience. Fact number one is that none of the people who experience near-death experiences really died. Never died. It was near death. <laughs> but it wasn't death. Amen? See, you can define death in two, in two ways. A, a, a clinical death, and then there was a brain death. With modern uh, 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 science, a person can be clinically dead, but their heart can keep beating. Machines can breathe for them. And it will be as if or appear to be as if they were alive. But nobody actually died. Fact number two. Fact number two in the near-death experience, it resembles, they say, hallucination. It resembles a hallucination. So let's look at this example. Uh, 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 there was a young man who, um, who um, was a professor at a university, and he uh, uh, devoted his time to this matter, describing even his experience as he reported that after eating certain Mexican mushrooms, he said, I realized that I had died. <laughs> I realized that I had died, but he didn't die. So we see here that in this near-death experience, no one actually dies. Let's go on a little further here because you understand that carbon dioxide, if you understand, we talked a little bit about um, turmeric and how that affects your body, but you know that there are certain, certain chemicals that, that, can, that can affect the body that can cause you to feel a certain way. 30% carbon dioxide and 70% oxygen uh, uh, he, he, he gave this to his subject. Amen. And afterwards, the subject stated that he felt a perception as though I was looking down at myself as though I was out in space. I felt sort of separated. A person had induced Hallucination. In other words, breathing carbon dioxide felt something not really, not having this out-of-body experience. These chemicals made him feel that way. It wasn't he went on into another, as they say, the, on the other side. But he felt some kind of way. Simple illustration happens to some of us. Feeling things are... That, that, that are not true. We talked about even, even stepping into a room at one point and you kind of forget why you stepped in that room. As if you, I know, anybody ever had what they call like a deja vu, like, like I've been here before? <laughs> so, have you ever had a nightmare? Have you ever felt like you was falling off of a cliff? And then you awake and terrified. Certainly, you really realize that you were not falling off of a cliff. You ever had a dream where you was running as fast as you can, but you just couldn't seem to get away? Hmm. 
we are really falling off the cliff, but, but, you're, but, 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 but you're really not falling off the cliff. I remember. <laughs> it just, I, I remember my wife and I early in our marriage. I, I probably shouldn't tell this story because it's not about me, but, but it is about her. <laughs> he said, please tell you, please tell you. Well, well, long story short, she, she dreamed that she was well, making a, a commercial for Nike. Yeah, and while, and while we were asleep, we were asleep. She was asleep. We were asleep. And, and she jumped. <laughs> and I woke up and I looked. She said, baby, I'm so sorry. I was, I was making a commercial. <laughs> well, get us paid, baby. Get us paid. But she wasn't actually making a commercial. The near-death experience appears as if, but you're really not. Amen? Fact number three, let's keep it moving. Out of the body, this near-death experience, it contradicts Scripture. Yeah. The near-death experience, experiences may occur under the influence of some drug. Oxygen may be deprived to the brain. Scientists connect electrodes to the brain, induce their near-death experience, but not everybody have an out-of-body experience. But let's just go on and jump on into the scripture because Job says it this way, as a cloud vanishes and is gone, so he who does go down to the grave does not return. He will never come to his house again. Ah, I mean, so clear, so plain. He will never come to his house again. So if I was to ask you the question, who then are you talking to? The Bible was plain. If you are actually dead, the Bible says that you do not return. Job 16:22 says that when a few years are come I shall go to way go the way whence I shall not return. Trying to help us out here because see that we have even in our church the Seventh Day Adventist Church where we have members that still believe that their loved ones hear them. And it's real. I've had members tell me, you would think you're talking to the pastor, that I still speak to my loved one. Mama, sister, their son. But Job says that speaking about death, he says that when we go through death's door, we do not return. We don't return. Let's go on here a little further here because I need us to understand that the Bible does not teach that when we die, that spirit uh, is out and about the body floating around. God says that, whoops, I've made a mistake. Now the spirit of, of the or the soul of the man is going to and fro here and there. I'm talking to you. I'm giving you counsel. And it's so to me, I don't know if when you die, you, get, you gain wisdom. Because when you were alive, I didn't want none of your counsel. 
I didn't want to hear a word you had to say, but for some reason now that you're deceased, you're, you're working all of these things out for me. You gave me the job. You told me not to go left, but to go right. But Hebrews put it this way. Hebrews says it. Hebrews says that, and as it is appointed unto man once to die. So how many times do they die? Once to die. But after this, the Bible says, is the judgment. So the Bible teaches that when you die, you never return to this life. One opportunity to accept Jesus or to reject Jesus. That's it. It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Fact number four. Fact number four, because uh, a many near-death experiences um, detail are frightfully similar to what spiritualism teaches. And you may not know, um, but, but spiritualism is a real thing. And I wonder why these near-death experiences become so popular. Could it be that Satan is preparing to deceive people? Could it be that the near-death experience that talks about the tunnel or, the, or, or being on the edge or being in the light? But the Bible talks about a personal God with a real face. Oh, yes. So the Bible was very clear that there's no tunnel. Some say they went through a tunnel. There is no tunnel. Some say that they were surrounded by their loved ones. No, no, you need to know who you are surrounded by. The reality is this thing is real. So let's look at spiritual, what spiritualism teaches. Spiritualism claims that the dead are not really dead. Remember what I said the other day? I said when we look at this thing called Christianity, when we look at spiritualism, when we look at the state of the dead, when we look at all these things, we need to understand and know that there is something greater going on behind the scene. That it's really not about you, but it's about God. It's about the enemy trying to throw up some, some smoke screen to get you to believe that God is not able to do what God said that he can do. It's simply a deterrent to get you to believe not in God but in something else and oh how often do we look to something else when God is saying I'm right here I'm right here why look elsewhere when I'm right here but the enemy wants you to believe all of these things the enemy wants you to drink all of this stuff and to eat all of this stuff and to go and go all out for all of this stuff. And the reality is when we believe that stuff, we're saying, God, you're a liar and the devil is truth. Because in other words, what we're saying is if my loved one is talking to me, then you're saying that the Bible was incorrect. So let's go on a little further here. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Spiritualism claims that the dead are not really dead. Amen. He wrote this, that the fundamental principle of spiritualism is that human beings survive bodily death and that occasionally under conditions not yet fully understood, we can communicate with those who have gone before. J. Arthur Hills in one of his books said that. 
We can communicate with those who have gone before. Spiritualism says that, or the spiritualist says that when you die, you're not really dead. And it just baffles me how man can tell another man how, if you are dead or not. When it is God, the last time I checked, that breathed life into man and told man when to start. The last time I checked. So how then can man come along and tell you, oh, no, God is not right. I'm right. Any of us have children in here? I mean, how would you feel if one of your children came up to you and said, Mama, Daddy, going to bed at 8 o'clock is wrong. 12 midnight is the correct time to go to bed. How many, how many, you said you got the wrong parent? So it's very important that we understand that God, the creator of all of us, if he said that the dead know not anything, that we need not be getting caught up in spiritualism, it's to our best interest to believe him. I read that already. Spiritualism says that when you die, you are not really dead. Spiritualism number two, the spiritualism, uh, they claim that the dead communicate with the living. Olive Lodge, he's a spiritualist in London, and he says that there is no death. He says there is no death in the graveyard. He says, I have frequent talks with the dead. Now, I know it sounds crazy, it sounds strange, but we have to understand that there are individuals that still go to the cemetery and have coffee and tea with their loved ones. Yes, sir. I've actually driven down the street and watched individuals sit around the heads tombs or, 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 or the tombstones of their deceased loved one with tables and chairs and, and, and a whole setup. I actually have family members that still set aside birthdays and anniversaries and celebration. And the reality is we have some of our very own Adventist members that believe the same thing. And I cannot doubt that people live after death. This is, this is what he says. I cannot doubt. Oliver Law, he said, I cannot doubt that people live after death for a frequently, and, and I, for I have frequently talks with them. He said, I cannot believe that. I, I cannot doubt that. I, I, I talk with them. Satan said that you partake of, of, of the tree, uh, you won't die. But we understand and know that what happens at death is real. What happens when someone dies? The Bible provides a clear answer. Death is like creation. 
death is like creation. We go back to the beginning of the book of Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. Satan is in the form of a serpent. And this is what he says. You shall not surely die. Satan says that you partake of the tree. You will not die, but you will be immortal. And God said, if you eat of the tree, you will die. Satan says, if you eat of the tree, you won't die. Why is it that we rather believe the serpent over God? God said, this is what happens. But we say, oh, no, God. No, 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 no. I just heard from my mama. I just heard from my daddy. I went to the seance. I went to the spiritualist. And then and they told me and I talked with them and, and I saw her last night. I seen them standing right over there. And family of God, I need us to understand this thing, that this is not your loved one that is standing there, but it, but it is an imposter called Satan. Because your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin, amen, is sleeping in their graves, awaiting for the judgment. So the spiritualist wrote what Satan said, you will not die. It says that the dead know more than the living. That's why we go to them getting advice. And you know about it. We look for guidance from someone that is dead. And we don't think twice about it. it just, for some reason, it makes sense to talk to my dead loved one. Another spiritualist wrote, that Satan said that you were not sure to die, E.W. Um, 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 Sprague, who wrote, spiritualism says that, that the dead know more than the living. And when Christians say that the dead know more than the living, echoing the spiritualist, we are entering into dangerous grounds. Dangerous grounds. And this, as in many others, the Bible passage, the devil told the truth and the Lord is in error he says that God was wrong Satan is telling the truth God don't know what he's talking about he don't know what he's doing even though he breathed life in us and told all of us when to get our start it doesn't matter God don't know this he don't know about my mama he don't know about daddy I mean, if God was such a good God, as a matter of fact, why would he even allow them to die? But do we not understand and know that, every, that there is appointed time for everyone to die? That we're not here forever? But see, when you don't understand the concept and understand the reason why we are here, when we don't understand that, that God is real, that he's not some figment of our imagination, that he's not just some smoke screen in the sky, that he's not just some far off distant thing, that a, 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 a tradition that people just been doing for years and years. Do you not know that God is real? But see, when you don't know that, when you don't know that, then it makes it easy for you to believe something else. And so when I hear Christians talk about their loved ones as they do, when it lets me know that you really don't believe God as you say you do, because there is no way you can tell me you trust and believe God and yet at the same time talk to your dead loved one. 
trying to help us with passion, trying to help us. Because the devil was playing for keeps, why shouldn't we? The devil ain't taking no shortcuts, why should I? Because this thing makes a difference between where you will end up in eternity. So you can't tell me that I can still talk to my loved one and make it into the kingdom of God. No, you're not because you're not talking to your loved ones. You're talking to an imp. You're talking to an evil spirit. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, not me, no. The Bible says that the dead know not anything. How can they give me counsel? How can my daddy now come and tell me that I'm, uh, I should go left instead of right? I remember when I was in Africa. I did a two and a half week revival in Africa. And I met a young lady earlier on this particular day. And as I met her after I preached, matter of fact, it was that evening I met with her. One of the members brought her to me. And, and I knew at that point that I was going to have an encounter I felt it. I sensed it. I, I knew that something was about to happen. And she was, you know, not in her right mind. She was, you know, talking about um, 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 menses or something to that nature. And she was, she was just gone. And then one of the elders pulled me to the side and said, Pastor, Pastor, I remember this young lady. This young lady has, has, has demons. And later on that night when I went back to my to my, to my room, um, I went to sleep, and my roommate, the next morning when I woke up, he said, are you all right? I said, yes, I'm fine. He said, man, you was, you was fighting last night. You was tossing, you was turning, you was kicking, you was, you was moaning, and, and, and it, it was you, you was fighting over there last night. Are you all right? And then it came to me. I said, oh, I know what that was. I said, my deceased mother, my stepmother had passed. And in that, and as I slept, she came to me in a dream. And she kept beckoning me to come, come here, come closer. And in my dream, I said, no, I can't come. In my dream, I said, no, I can't come. And she kept saying, come, come. And it was as if she wasn't listening to me. And it wasn't until I screamed out, Jesus. Jesus. And she disappeared. The next day, I, a couple of days after that, I go to the, the, the service. And this same young lady came running towards me. She had a glow about herself this time. She had a bag in her hand. You see, everybody that was re preparing for baptism, they had to have a special bag in their hand. And she came running towards me with this bag in her hand. And she was so excited. She said, Pastor, I'm getting baptized. I said, oh, praise the Lord. Now, I was a little nervous. Let me be honest with you. But I could not allow the fear to cause me now to mess up the joy that this young lady had. So I asked, I said, did you eat anything? She said, I haven't eaten anything yet. I'm so excited. I said, here, take my lunch. And I gave her my lunch and we baptized that young lady. Spiritualism is real. 
I know what I'm talking about. I've had encounters. I've spoken with individuals and that that was that was demon possessed. So. The devil was trying to mess up what God has put together. John 8, 44 says that there is no truth in him, meaning Satan. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a what, everybody? A liar and the father of lies. The devil lied to Adam and Eve about death, and he is still repeating that same lie. Many sincere people has accepted the devil's lie. Why? Because the Bible says in Revelation 16, 14, for they are spirits of devils working miracles. So don't underestimate that rascal. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't, 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 underestimate, uh, don't, don't underestimate him uh-uh, because he is real. And he worked miracles. He performed miracles. Don't get it twisted. But see, this is how you know the difference between the truth and the fate. The word of God is clear. Adam and Eve, just look at what happened to them. Are we not dying today? So, the devil can very well masquerade as your dead loved ones. Let me finish up here because... In Genesis 2, 7, the Bible says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. Does the Bible say that God put an immortal soul in Adam? No, no, no. God formed him from dust. That is his body. And then the Bible says, and he breathed into him the breath of life, the power of life. And the Bible says, then man became a living soul. So when you say dust plus the spirit, amen, it equals a living soul. So what is a living soul? Uh, I'm glad you asked. You know, you're always asking these wonderful questions. You see, the product of the result of the body plus the spirit of God breathing in your nostrils. So when we say it this way, the elements of the earth plus the breath equals a living creature. Death is creation in reverse. Easy peasy. The Bible uses the word soul in two ways. First, something uh, we are, living soul, a living creature. And the second thing is that we have a soul. Simply means we have life. Okay? So death is creation in reverse. Ecclesiastes says it this way. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God that gave it. So when we die, the body goes back to the dust. The spirit goes back to God. The Bible says that the soul goes back to God. No, it doesn't go back to God. When we die, the living soul no longer exists. We're not floating around. We're not walking through walls. The breath 
goes back to God, the dust, the body goes back to the dust, and we just simply cease to exist. Where is daddy now? Where is mama now? They're sleeping in their graves. John, Job, I'm sorry, Job 27.3 says that all the while my breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils. Hebrew writer uh, often says something, one phrase, he says, he repeats the same concept, and then he explains it. He says, here the Bible says that the breath in me, he repeats the spirit of God in my nostrils. So the Bible says the breath and spirit are the same thing. God breathes into human being, and a person then lives. When a person dies, the body goes back to the grave. Psalm says it this way, put not your trust in princes nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth. He returns to his earth and that very day his thoughts perish. Is this spirit or breath? Something that is conscious? No, no. No, no. His thoughts perish he's not down there thinking can you imagine at death you still have to think what are you thinking about in the grave I mean what possibly would you think about don't tell me you're thinking about this world after you done worked slaved and toiled and Folk broke in your cars and took your checks and you did got more months than money and all you telling me now that you are taking your rest that all you doing is thinking and trying to figure out a way to make my life better? Really? So let me finish up here. My time is spent. Elements of earth, the breath and the body uh, cease to exist. So the Bible, when a person dies, the elements of the earth goes back to the earth. The breath of the, or the spirit goes back to God and a person is dead. In the Bible, no immortal soul lives on after death. For example, and I'm going to end with this right here. Let's say it's dark and I need a light. You need two things. You need a light bulb and you need some electricity, Right? Two elements come together. Light is plugged in, power through the filament. The light, the result is the light comes on. The bulb plus the power equals the light. The body plus the breath or the spirit of God equals life. Unplug the light bulb and the light goes out <laughs> when I die the power returns light ceases the power of God goes back the body goes to the tomb life seems cease to exist so in the Bible death is sleep Ecclesiastes put it this way 
For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. You know not anything. There is so much more that we could talk about. But I think that what was shared here tonight hopefully opened up the minds and the eyes of those that may have been struggling with this thing called death. I often say I like to be mindful of the fact that that this is someone's belief. And I get it. I, 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 I really do. And I don't want to come across as if I'm attacking someone's belief. But I do want to come across as someone that is telling you the truth about the state of the dead. And at the end of the day, your choice. The bonus question. If you are lost, it's on you. T. Marshall Kelly put it like this. If I die and my soul be lost, it ain't nobody's fault but mine. You say, well, how can I be lost, pastor, if I believe that my mama is talking to me right now? Because you're believing a lie versus the truth. And you can't make it into heaven believing a lie. Father God, again, we thank you once again. We know, oh God, that this is a very difficult subject, a very difficult message. And we understand and know, Father, we're living in some very dangerous times. But Father, the reality is the devil is doing the same thing that he's done since the beginning. That is lying, deceiving, tricking. We're asking, oh God, that you will help us to see the truth of your word. As difficult as it may be, help us to fall in love with your word all over again. Because the reality is, Father, the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. And I've done many of funerals, Father. And I hear it all the time. And I know you hear more than I do. Help us to, make the, to get this record straight, oh God. Help us to get this truth out. Help us to believe and understand your truth. That you hold all power. And if you say that the dead know not anything, then who am I to say other? Only if I'm trying to discredit who you are. So help us to love you. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe you. That when you come, we'll be prepared to receive you. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen again. God bless you. You have a wonderful evening. We want to invite you back on Friday night at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock uh, where we'll have our meal and then we'll have our, our, our revival time together. And then on Sabbath, we're having a special baptism. Now, I mentioned to you about our cards. Make sure you turn those cards in because on, at Sabbath, on this Saturday, we'll be pulling those names out. Amen. And we're going to be giving out some good prizes. So we want you to come and get your gift. Amen. You worked for it. Amen. You earned it. Amen. And, 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 and you have to be here. Amen. To claim your gift. Amen.
God bless you and have a blessed rest of the evening.